Yo, 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 this is Bernard. And this is Samir. And welcome to another episode of the Angry Blurs Podcast. There's our black, there's our angry. You noticed that I didn't say the brilliant idiots this week, right? You said what? I said you noticed that I didn't say the brilliant idiots this week, right? Uh, when did you say that? I said it last week. I didn't hear I, that. This shows how much I pay attention to you. No, you actually re- re- um, rebutted it. It was like, oh, wow, 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 really? <laughs> Don't call that at all. You should really listen to our podcast. I but, do on occasion. Look, I don't look, I, I, I don't, I'm not in the past, all right? Shows you how much Samir cares about our work, people. I care a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, DC has announced the static hardware icon and rocket creative teams for the milestone stuff that should have actually started this month, but I don't know if that was delayed because of COVID or they really didn't want to do it because milestone is one of those things that DC has always said that's going to come back, but never has. And for those of you who don't know what the milestone properties are is that is the imprint that the late great Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cowan created. So they created static, you know, from static shock icon and rocket who you might have seen on young justice in hardwire so and the only characters who actually transitioned over into the new 52 were static and zombie who really i mean saying static he got limbo like super quick yeah but it was just static and zombie those were the only two all right but yeah so Static Season 1 will be written by uh, Vita Ayala with layouts by Chris Cross and finishes by Nicholas Draper Ivory with covers by Carrie Randolph. Carrie Randolph is one of my favorite comic book artists. I really wish he um, he did more interior work. Did you see did you see the um, did you see the covers? Um, Some of them. All right. So, yeah. So basically it says here um, we get to see Virgil Alicia's powers on bully slash supervillain hot streak, a.k.a. Francis. And um, yeah. So if you want, you can look at the preview for IO9. It's literally like they they got a preview, no dialogue or anything. It's like uh, looks like there might have been a school shooting and Virgil's just walking down the hall. And I guess Francis said something off the wall and Virgil hit him with a right hook. I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to show them what's up. Yeah. And so Icon and Rocket season one will be written by, well, co-written by one of my favorite comic book writers and creators, Reginald Hudlin and Leon Ch- and Leon Chills. Uh, we talked about this probably like a week ago. Do you remember who Reggie, Reginald Hudlin is? Remind our audience, from, you know, because they probably forgot. So remind you, basically. Reginald Hudlin is the creator of House Party. He directed Boomerang. And he wrote Black Panther for about five, six years. So that whole 2000. That's a vast body of work. Yeah, that whole 2000. And he was also a, I think he was a writer on the Boondocks. But he was also president of BT for a while. So do you remember when they made fun of BT with Black Evil Television? They had Wedgie Woodland. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he was, I think he wrote that episode. So he was making fun of himself. But. Yeah, and the art will be done by Doug Brithwaite 
and the covers will be done by Turin Clark. Doug Brithwaite, he's one of those artists who you really don't see around that often because he's usually tied to Alex Ross. So, like, the only time I can ever recall seeing Doug Brithwaite do something on his own was... It might have been a Fear Itself tie-in for Thor. I don't remember what limited series it was, but I know it was Thor-related. So it could have been uh, Fear Itself, Original Sin, or something like that. But I just remember he drew it. Oh, it was... Never mind. I don't know. I was about to say it was Siege, but I don't even remember. But yeah. So think of them as... I don't, who, who could you compare Icon and Rocket to? Superman and Supergirl, more or less? But both... <laughs> Well, Rocket doesn't have... Yeah, Rocket doesn't have powers. It might be like, more like Amadeus Cho and um, Hercules. Yeah, I guess we can... Yeah, we can go with Amadeus Cho and Hercules. Yeah, because Rocket is a... She's a genius, right? Yeah, she's a genius. Yeah, there you go. Or just I think Superman and... No, I'm... Uh, never mind, I can't even think of it. All right, and Hardwire Season 1 will be written by Brandon Thomas, with art by Dennis Cowan and Bill... Oh, oh, for real? Ben Sakivitz is going to be doing this, and the covers will be done by Mateus Mahani. So for those of you who don't know who Bill um, Sakivitz is, he has been in the comics game for, like, forever. And I know a lot of you don't read comics, but I'm pretty sure you've all seen his work. He did the cover for Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon uh, the, um, in the day. So the first Man on the Moon album, he did the artwork for it. So, yeah, I think all of these are going to be like uh, eight issue limited series. That's why they go by like season one or whatever. But so all three comics will be released digitally first. Static <clears throat> season one hits April 11th. <coughs> Icon and Rocket season one is June 27th. And Hardwire season one will be August 15th. But yeah, so be sure to check those out. You can actually read the Milestone Returns Infinite Edition uh, digital comic on like Comixology or DC Universe or if you have that or, you know, go about other ways that we really don't endorse. But, you know, if you do it, you do it. All right, Samir. Okay, so have? they dropped a new trailer for My Hero Academia's uh, season five. The final this, season, right? No, it ain't the final season. What are you talking about? My I'm sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Attack on Titan, which is in its final season. Redonkulous. Anyways, um, the big, the, at least one of the large set pieces of this um, particular season, just not for arc, it's going to be the Class 1B uh, versus Class 1A arc, and this is going to take up a large portion of this season. I can't like, win it. Yeah, but in it's going to have a lot of empathy. I mean, I don't want to drop any spoilers because if you haven't seen, yeah, because I read the manga, so I so I know how it's going to come out. So I guess I can't really uh, talk that much about it without spoiling anything. But needless to say, you're going to find out more about Deku's powers in this arc, which I'm excited. You're going to introduce new characters. You're going to see spotlights of previously introduced characters that don't never get don't necessarily get to see the spotlight. They're going to basically get the chance to shine in this arc. So I'm pretty excited. So obviously, the start is going to be uh, 327 and uh, hype, 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 hype. Yeah, so get a Crunchyroll account if you don't have one. Yeah, or just borrow your friends. Like, also, we're not getting paid by Crunchyroll. We're not. Okay, so um, 
yeah, like he said, check out Crunchyroll, check out My Hero Academia. It is a very excellent story. It's one this of those animated. Can stand animated exactly. I was just about to say that as someone who who's I. It's not that I can't stand anime. It's just like there's not a lot of it that gravitates to me. But this is one of those that it literally hits me in the feels like almost every episode. And if that's coming from someone who's not a big anime fan, that means you should check it out. Like Jared just actually called me not too long ago. Well, probably like two hours ago. And he was asking if he should watch Attack on Titan. I told him, yeah, man, give it a shot. You might like it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So a bit of news that's kind of been, you know, limbo up, down, up, down and very, you know, secretive on the news. So we know that Dexter is coming back. Uh, and that Clyde C, uh, Clyde Phillips and Michael C. Hall, you know, are coming back. So original showrunner and Dexter Morgan. So hopefully, you know, why though? Is, are they going to retcon? I don't know if they're retconning. Like I said, we still don't know that much about this show, but um, I'm going to give you the details that I do know. Okay. So one of our favorite voice actors of all time and just all around, you know, magnificent actor is going to be on the series as the Summers. Who? Cree Summers? It's Summer, but no. Clancy oh, John Brown. DiMaggio. Clancy Brown. Ah, Clancy Brown. You do know who Clancy Brown is, right? You know, I think our audience doesn't know. Clancy oh. Romano. Lex Luthor from Superman the Animated Series, Justice League. Uh, he was the he was one of the guards in the Shawshank Redemption. He was the big dude in the Mandalorian when they tried when they broke um I can't remember the character's name. Her brother out of prison. He was Abby Mills's stepfather on Sleepy Hollow. Ringing any bells? Yeah, I'm sure it's ringing the audience. Big white guy has a very deep voice. I mean, he had to play that Lex Luthor role because Lex Luthor. Yeah, I was going to say, come on, man, just think of Lex Luthor. All right. Anyways, go on. He was also on the show Emergence that was on ABC that got canceled for some reason. I mean, it's not like Michael Ely was on it. Um, but yeah, also Jamie Chung is going to be joining the cast. Um, Oscar Wahlberg, who is Mark Mark Wahlberg's nephew, is also set to re, um join the revival. And uh, I got a question: Chung, Is Jennifer Carpenter coming back? She's dead. Oh, but they need to recon it, so it's not reconning. No, let me, like, can I finish? You always cut me off. Shoot, for all I know, this little paragraph that I'm about to read might have the answers to some of the questions that you want to ask me. All right, so, um, Jamie Chung will play a true crime podcast host, and Nick Wahlberg, I mean, Oscar Wahlberg, will play a high school wrestler, and this is according to The Hollywood Reporter. He's a bit of a bully, but generally uh, the go-to guy to have a good time. He's the gateway to the in crowd, which includes the daughter of the chief of police, your basic high school nightmare, pretty much. And yeah, Ty Phillips told uh, the Hollywood reporters that it's a great opportunity to write a second finale. So nothing is permanent and nothing is um, final. But yeah, like I said, so far, that's all we know about who's joining the cast. Don't know if. Julia Carpenter is coming back. We don't know if Desmond Harrington is coming back. David Zayas. Um, I can never remember the name of the guy who plays Masuka, but he's always in everything. I mean, you need to bring up Masuka. I mean, you can't not bring him back. <laughs> but yeah. 
They should bring back dokes in the grave. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Just come out of nowhere. <laughs> he got blown up. I mean, there's no coming back from that. That would be the best thing ever. He just broke through the door. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. I'm just saying, it's just, that's a missed opportunity. You thought I was dead? Surprise. <laughs> you know, that's funny. You know, that's funny. Go ahead and laugh. You know, it's funny. I chuckled. That's all you get from me. Uh huh. All right, what do you got? You always ask me what I got, not how I am. How are you, Samir? Besides, you know, being extremely tired and delaying the podcast for like so. I, I got know, nothing. I went to the gym. I got nothing but energy. I'm good. It's, I feel good right now. It's great. Super good. All right. So, do you want to talk about the uh, Pokemon um, Fan Fest or do you want to talk about uh, the Final Fantasy VII thing? Well, we can talk about either one. I mean, you pick one and I'll jump into the other one. All right. So anyways, yeah, uh, they had a number of announcements for um, Pokemon um, 25th anniversary. Which is today, you know, Saturday, uh, February 27th. Oh, yeah, it is today, isn't it? Yes, I mean, it was a, it was kind of a, it was kind of a whole week long thing. They had I know, but today's the actual anniversary of Red and Blue is what I'm saying. I looked it up earlier. Okay. Well, yeah, a number of games you released. Um, one of which looks like an open world uh, Pokemon game that's set in the uh, feudal Japan era. Weird. Shino region. Yeah, in the feudal Japan era, in the Shino region, yes. Uh, Sinnoh region. And, um, yo. Pokemon it, Legends Acherus. Yeah, it's just. It, I'm not sure what to Can think of it because. Shut up. He misses me. Hang on. Let me let him in the room. How oh, naughty. Oh, not he. She misses me. Hey, baby. All right. Anyways. Yeah, so open world game. I, I mean, I haven't seen much of it other than that. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you think about an open world uh, uh, Pokemon game, and I said this is day one back when we saw Ocarina of Time. Yo, they could totally make a Pokemon game like this. And sure enough, it looks like they did. It looks like someone, it looks like freaking uh, Shield of Sword had, had a baby with Breath of the Wild, and this is what we got. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Also, I did attention to detail on the Pokeballs. Like, they're all archaic and wooden. I mean, it may not make no look of sense, but yo, I'm down. <laughs> hey, man. Everything has to start somewhere. You think cavemen were beating each other with swords? No. Sticks and clubs. <laughs> the, the the technology makes no sense though. I mean, I, don't I know. know how you get that work. Uh, yeah, you know, I digress. Um, also, also they showed uh um they showed the new Pokemon Snap. So that was cool. They showed an extensive look at uh extensive look extended. I'm sorry, extended look on that. Um. So yeah, we we have a uh, new details on that. Seems pretty cool. Um. I was never. I mean, I I, I like Pokemon Snap, but I could, I never really got into it. What about you? I that was when I was slowly starting to get out of my phase of Pokemon, but about to show my age well, right now. I never um, got out of it. Yeah, I I remember going to Blockbuster and playing it when you know they actually had the Nintendo sixty four there. My whole thing was I didn't like the fact that the game itself was just stationary more or less, so you couldn't travel about. You had to just sit in that cart and take the photos of the Pokemon. 
All right, yeah. Well, um, this one's gonna be a little different. You'll be graded. I mean, you'll be graded on positioning, um, the Pokemon you take, and other things like that. You can also have add effects to the um, post post production effects. I'm not sure what people call it, but to the photos after you editing, so like filters and whatnot. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So it looks pretty cool. Yeah, and don't forget that there's also a Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake coming to the Switch. That which is, is being true. Brilliant as Diamond, Diamond and Shining Pearl. Shining Pearl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty so. dope. So I'm excited. Especially about those last two. Yeah, and those will be out late uh, 2021. All right, so we'll talk about the uh, Final Fantasy yeah. thing, or you guys have yeah, no, I got that. So, yeah, Square, I almost said Square Soft, throwback. <laughs> Square Enix announced a lot of Final Fantasy news. So I'm going to talk about the two things that Samir hates, for starters. All right. So... They released, they announced two mobile games based off of Final Fantasy VII, so. Listen, I don't hate mobile games. I just wish that they didn't get cool titles like, you know, this, for instance, you know. I, I just don't like them at all and want them dead. I don't hate mobile games. I just want to make that clear. Okay. All right. All right. So, the, so one is called The First Soldier. It's a battle royale game that is set before Final Fantasy VII and Ever Crisis, which will be released next year. That covers the whole Final Fantasy VII timeline. All right. And also, we got the Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. So this is going to come to the PS5 on June 10th, and it has enhanced graphics, and basically it is more of the... uh, Well, it's an additional... Uh, gameplay footage, so you get to play as Yuffie, who was not in part one of the remake that came out last year. So, what are your thoughts on that? Do you hope that they release that stuff as uh, almost said as Yuffie as DLC for the PS4 version or what? Well, you're not gonna get, get it for it free. PS- you know, I, I mean, I think you all can get it for free with the PS5 version. I mean, technically, you don't get it for free because you have to buy the PS5 version of the game. Right. I mean, it's not like, you know, you get the it's not like a digital upgrade. It's a digital. I mean, it's obviously an upgrade, but it's it's kind of like a game of the year edition, more or less. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just what it got. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, you're right. It's not free, but it's included. So you, you don't get it with the PS Plus version either. So there's that. You got to actually buy something. I don't know. I'm waiting for my PC release. I mean, you don't be waiting for a while. I got other games to play. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I still got a lot of games for myself to play, so and I just keep jumping from game to game, but it is what it is. All right, Samir, what do you got? Okay, well, hang on a second, let me pull back up. What the Emma Watson hasn't retired from acting? That what, was the dumbest I... rumor of the week. That was a rumor. Yes. She was training for like two days straight. I mean, she can retire if she wants to. I just didn't think she would. And I think that's dumb that she, everyone just thought she would uh, come up. You want me to go again so we don't have a lot of dead air? <laughs> no, I found it. Okay. So, um, yeah, they just they recently announced in the last uh, 48 hours or so that Neil Blancamp has revealed writing for, has been revealed that he is writing for the critically acclaimed District 9 uh, sequel. Apparently, it's called District 10, and um, that has officially begun. 
So that, I think that's pretty cool. I'm Hopefully super excited about that. Um, dude, it's a, dude we, we've been waiting for like, what, 11 years? Yeah, but still, his last two movies were subpar. Well, it's, sometimes you got to go back to the basics, man. I mean, if he can do this on his own and not have the 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 Hollywood machine behind him, because he basically did District 9 on his own and the other two were, you know, done by Warner Brothers, I believe. And no one liked Chappie and Elysium was eh. Elysium was eh and Chappie uh, was regrettably kind of trash. But District 9, though. Wow, District 9 was good. And we've been waiting um, 12 years. Because District 9 came out in 2009. Yeah, that's right, right. That math tracks. All right, so, dude, but think about what they can do here. Like, it's called District 10. So, obviously, at the end of the first movie, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the 12-year-old movie, uh, they're going to move them all to another district. And this one was projected to be worse than the one they were living in before. And the mistreatment would pretty much either continue or get worse. And I thought that was, you know... I mean, obviously that's effed up, but then yeah, the notion that, you know, they're going to, the guy got off planet with the ship, flew out of there and it may come back. With, and he said he's going to come back with help. Like, yo, I'm like, dude, they're, they're 12 years they're later. They're screwed though. If they drop down 12 years later and they still mistreating them people. Like what they're going to have some explaining to do. Like, yo, we, we have refugees here. Y'all treat them like garbage. Like I will, I will be hard pressed to, to, uh, to back up and co-sign the human race at that point. Like, yo, I'm going to have to jump ship. Just saying. And um, shout out to Neil Blomkamp. He was a 3D animator on Smallville. It all goes back to Smallville. Yep. <laughs> and apparently he also uh, was the co-writer on the DLC for Anthem, Anthem Conviction. He was the director slash co-writer. So he's right. been well, busy. He just hasn't this, been doing any movies. Yeah, this is going to, no, he's been busy. This is going to take a while to come out because oh, he's never mind. Anthem Conviction film. was a short film. Oh. Well, he's currently working on a film right now called Demonic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to um, uh, come out soon. Um, in March, actually, we're going to get a, a premiere of that. So, yeah, the 71st Berlin International Film Festival. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's exciting. You know, I love um, horror movies. So yeah, I can't wait for that to come out. Hopefully, it doesn't suck. Hopefully. All right. So, sticking on the subject of movies, a Superman reboot is in the works and it is written by one of my favorite comic book writers and writers overall, Ta-Nehisi Coates, will um, obviously write it and J.J. Abrams will produce it. But the thing that has everyone in a tizzy about this film, I cannot believe I just said tizzy, is that it will be reportedly a black Superman story. So Warner Brothers has been trying to get this off the ground for like forever and a day. I have some issues with this. So, so I, this is why I don't know. This is what I don't get. Is this going to be Calvin Ellis or is this going to be Valzot? So the two names that I just named, they are the only two black Superman in the entire multiverse of DC. Calvin Ellis is President Superman and Valzot is the Superman of Earth 2. Yeah, and, his, and whose son is he? I think he's Zod's son. I think Val's right. Zod. Yeah, so he's Zod. House Zod, yeah. right? Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only way to do it. They're going to sit there and palace swap Cal L and not do no goddamn work. As a person of color, I'm going to spit in their faces. I'm going to be a little offended. I'm going to be a little uh, toxic about this. Yeah, I'm a little mad. It's like, y'all can't come up with an original character like Val Zod 
and give us an original. I mean, also, you didn't have to pull from Kirtan. You could have, once again, lifted up um, um, Milestone and gave us Icon. You know, we can get a, we can get something with that. That sounds dope. Yeah, Warner Brothers ain't going to be showcasing no original black characters because, hell, no. who even knows if that Cyborg character is still, I mean, that Cyborg movie is still happening. I don't even know what about that. Point is, this listen, as a person of color, I love diversity, but please do it correctly. Don't be power swapping. You want you want the recognition of the character, but then you want the points for diversity at the same time. And you kind of just mush them together and not doing enough work for both. It's like, I mean, Jeffrey Wright is an amazing guy. I got number love for that guy, but should he be commissioned to Gordon? Maybe. I guess that's implications for your that's a, that's a lot of implications for your um your sequel because you're gonna change the race of Barbara Gordon on top of that. Is she adopted now? Is she black now? What's going on? You know. So you, you saying they go in the Fantastic Four route? Oh, uh, that was just the worst. All right, that's another example of, of, of poor uh, of of just race bending. You know. I'm surprised you didn't mention Lawrence Fishburne being Perry White. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna change the fine, Perry White, sure. There's no implications, far-reaching implications for Perry White being um being black. However, there are implications for uh, Commissioner Gordon being black because he pops out black kids. Um, well, his wife would, anyways. And then you know those characters will also be um, black. That's implications for that. Perry White, no one cares about Perry White's kids. So yeah, he can be black. Even then, I'm still a little upset about that because they didn't give us a new character. All right. Uh, nobody cares about Perry White's kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, did he even have kids? He's just a crotchety old dude that runs the Daily know. Planet. We have no idea. We don't know any backstory of Perry White. Just saying. I'm like, yeah. All right. So here is a, another bit of news that, you know, came out of right field. So. I think me and no, it wasn't me and you. It was me and Jared. So me and Jared were talking about Paramount Plus. If you don't know what that is, Paramount Plus is going to be the streaming service from Viacom CBS. So this will basically be replacing CBS All Access. So this will have the entire Viacom CBS library with the exception of the stuff that's on Showtime. So it's going to have the old Rugrats stuff, uh, Lip Sync Battle, uh, Yo MTV Raps, they're also bringing back uh, behind the music, which I'm which I'm very excited about because I like hearing I like documentary stories about artists and I like documentaries more or less overall. If it's someone that I'm interested, are they bringing back behind the music that sucks? What are you talking about? There's a, there was a there was a thing called behind the music that sucks. Was it? And it was like a it was like a spoof. I think it was a spoof. It wasn't a legit thing. No. Well, I. Well, I think I that's what it's called. MTV did that, so yeah, dude, that was a web series. I'm still a thing. Okay, well, it what I'm talking about stuff that was legit on MTV, VH1, or BET. I mean, it was legit. Just saying. Shut up, Samir. All right, and um, they are rebooting Rugrats with the original cast, so this will completely be in 3D. Nostalgia bait. <clears throat> Sorry. I sneezed. Everything has nostalgia bait. And they are doing a live action Fairly Odd Parent series. I mean, what? They're also doing like a whole SpongeBob universe. So like a lot of characters will be 
you know, probably having their own offshoots. Like, who knows? I mean, we might be getting a Squidworth series. I am not interested. I mean, well, I, this I, is the other thing. Let me finish. You might be interested, uh, interested because they are going the HBO Max route. So they are going to be releasing a lot of their movies on Paramount Plus for a limited time. So like Mission Impossible 7 will be up there uh, and a couple of other I, others I can't remember. But yeah, so start so Star Trek Picard will be on uh will be on there. Star Trek Discovery, all nice. seven hundred twenty six episodes of the Star Trek series and all the films, and the new animated show called Star Trek Prodigy. And this is actually kind of cheap, so I might actually get it. So they have two plans. So you can get four ninety nine uh per month with ads or nine ninety nine without. All right, so keep in mind that. C- I'm almost at CBS All Access. Paramount Plus will be launching March 4th. Like I said, I'm, I'm still on the fence about it. Mm. And I'll check it out. Oh, and they're also rebooting Ar- iCarly. With the same uh, cast? Yes. And unfortunately, The Twilight Zone has been canceled. I mean, I wasn't watching it, but that's unfortunate. I mean, he's busy. I mean, it was on CBS All Access. Plus, he's busy. Not, he, got, he got other stuff going on. It's fine. Yeah, he's got that movie coming out. And the Halo theory, uh, series uh, moves from is going to be on Paramount Plus. So it's no longer going to be on Showtime. So, yeah, there's your Paramount Plus news. Hmm. All right. Samir, what do you have? All right. Uh, yeah, the um, state of play for uh, for PlayStation. I meant to watch it. I've just been so tired and I just haven't gotten around to it. So come on, man. Give me all the good news. All right. Well, hang on. Let me find the list. I had a list. <laughs> Why do you never have this stuff open up, man? You know, there's a good question for that. And I will get back to that. I thought you to listen to these uh, 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 titles. Anyways, we had a first look at Crash Bandicoot 4 on PS5. Um I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but, you know, it, it, had a, it was a brand new series entry that arrived at the end of 2020. It's so, actually good. If I mean, you played it. I, I've not, I mean, yeah, I saw, I mean, I, I got a number of respect for the title. It looks like it's really good. Well received. It's just, it's coming to PS5. Crash yeah. 4. It's about time. Great. Um, but what I am excited for is Returnal. We got extended gameplay footage that showed, showed off the game. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, Unfortunately, it's, it's a PS5 exclusive. Um, but you know, I'm going to eventually get a PS5 anyway, so it's not a big deal if I can find, manage to find one. Oh, I forgot one thing about Peacock. I mean, damn it, Paramount Plus. There's too many streaming services out here. This is these these are all the channels that are on there: CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, MTV, and the Smithsonian Channel. Are they all included? Yes, and mm-hmm. also CBS, CBSN, basically all the CBS News and Paramount. I mean, um, eat entertainment tonight. Okay, well, can you get back to my story now? Or yes, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add that bit in. I'm You're sorry. not sorry. You are sorry. What are we going to say? Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the Returnal. Super excited. If you don't know about the game, it um it has roguelike gameplay into a third-person shooter, Bullet Hell. So it looks so goddamn cool. Honestly, I can't, I can't uh, wait. Uh. I don't know much about the uh, the game setting or premise other than that so, uh, someone crash lands on an alien planet and they basically have to navigate and try to get off of it and they're stuck in this temporal time loop and the more they uh, the more they explore the world 
and uh, interact with uh, various um, uh, inhabitants and uh, devices, the more they become a part of it and change. So, yo, it's really good. Check out the trailer. It's dope. All right. And next, we had uh, something called Knockout City, which, um, I mean, yeah, it, it looks kind of fun. Um, this is a dodgeball game from um, uh, Mario Kart Live Doves, Dev. So, I mean, I, I'm sure that would be pretty fun to play as a party game. Say less. I'm already interested. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what to make of the seafood. I have to kind of see that, uh, um, wait for that to come out. Yeah, I saw that. It's an intense kung fu experience. Yeah, I mean, it's made by the same developers that um, that made Absolver. So, I mean, that game had a good a good concept, but, um, you know, obviously there wasn't much to it, so I guess it didn't really take off the, um, that much. But, um, yeah, looks pretty dope. And then Solar Ash, that looks pretty cool. Um, Five Nights at Freddy, uh, that, that actually got dropped as well yeah, as a teaser. Well, no, did you get a full trailer? Did you see that? I believe it was a full trailer. It was a full trailer. Okay, I didn't see that part of the um, the uh, state of play. I was kind of doing two things at once at the time. So yeah, that can't happen. Definitely check out that. I'm not a big fan of Five Nights at Freddy, but a lot of people are. So check it we out. Got more gameplay footage for Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. That's what I was going to skip to because I really wasn't. I'm not a big fan of Outer World, so I was going to skip that. But yeah, it has a release date finally. Thank God. So I can't wait for that. What is it? Uh. August. August what? 24th. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, looks pretty dope. Um, yeah, so they kind of had to push it back, though, so that sucks. But I can't wait. Um, it looks like it's in the same vein as, uh, as uh, Horizon Zero Dawn with a Pixar skin. If I were to, you know, you know, simplify it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Also, Deathloop got a a lengthy uh, gameplay trailer. So that's cool. They must be getting ready to delay it again. Um, no, it's coming out in May. Okay. Yeah, May, 20, May 21st on PC and PS5. So, yeah, I'm looking at this other game that it looks it looks kind of awesome. I have to watch the trailer. I don't want to watch it while um while we're doing the podcast, but it's called Solar Ash. Yeah, I, I talked about that one. Oh, I skipped over it technically, but yeah. Gonna say you skipped over it. You really didn't go into details. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Anyways, beyond that, uh, without without touching on the Final Fantasy VII stuff, because that was this whole thing. Because I really want to see that. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole state of play. Clip notes, anyways. Yeah. All right. So yeah, if you guys have a PS5, you suck. Mm-hmm. Well, we're still out here waiting, but I, I got a new graphics card. I'm fine. Yeah, well, that's you, not me. Exactly. And not everything is about you, Samir. Isn't it? No. All right. So in a bit of anime news, we got Pacific Rim, the black. All right. And they revealed the villain in this. So um, this is the Netflix anime, if you guys didn't know about it. They showed it at the IG Fan Fest trailer. I mean, they showed it at IG Fan Fest. So we got the second trailer. And only thing we know is we get to see a little bit of Taylor and Haley um, as they got ditched by their parents. They found a Jaeger and run into trouble um, beyond the kaiju who are running around. Um, 
namely by a guy who kind of looks a little bit like Brian Cox. But I can't wait to see this series. If you guys have a free moment, just check out the trailer. I'll try to post it on the Angry Blurred social media pages. But it will be dropping March 4th. What are your thoughts on it so far, Samir? Um, tentatively, I'm excited. All right. But I mean, it's, it's, I don't have much to go on. It looks, it looks yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we just got first looks, basically. Yeah, the same thing with the same way I got I felt about the Dota trailer. So yeah, you gotta wait and see. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Like I said, March 4th, so that is what Friday. Thursday or Friday, I can't remember. Well, anyway. Probably Thursday. Yeah. What do you got? Um, yeah, it's Thursday. What I have. So this happened like this past week. Um, Bioware stopped uh support or at least development on Anthem. So yeah, that's the thing. And if you don't remember Anthem, um, basically it is the uh, the failed um, uh, multiplayer looter shooter that came out in 2019. And um, yeah, it, uh, so this past week they basically announced that they're going to stop uh, development on it. So no more, no more patches. So no it's more, dead in the water. Yeah, oh, super dead in the water. No more uh, playing DLC. No more new content. Just Dead, 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 and uh, yeah, it sucks because if if you were one of the people who were loyal to the end and stayed playing that game to this day, I'm like, yo, I have to just applaud you on your loyalty because I dropped that game after the beta. I, I tried this out, I said, oh, it's pretty cool, but it's not much here, so I'm going to they develop it more, and I didn't buy the game because you know whatever, and um, yeah, and it just went downhill from there, and you know it just was unfinished and kind of buggy and didn't have much content. The flying mechanic was cool, and some of the combat was cool, but it wasn't really much incentive to do anything. So uh, that, was, that was just one of the, that was just a few of the reasons why the game bombed, you know? And it's just wild that he's just going to say, oh, this is, we're done with this, going jump ship. Well, I, I, got, I have something. Um, I have a quote from the Bioware Austin studio director, Christian Daly, if you want me to read that out. Go ahead, read it. All right, so I, I think he's going to try to justify, you know, them pulling the plug on this. So he said, 2020 was a year unlike any other. However, and while we continue to make progress against all our games um, projects at BioWare, working from home during the pandemic has had an impact on our productivity and not everything we had planned as a studio before COVID-19 can be accomplished without putting undue stress on our teams. I know this will be uh, disappointing to the community of Anthem players who have been excited to see the improvements we've been working on. Also, it's disappointing for the team who are doing brilliant work. And for me personally, Anthem is what brought me to BioWare. And these last two years have been some of the most challenging and rewarding experiences of my career. I mean, that sucks, but like only four people are going to be disappointed. I mean, how many people are actually playing Anthem still? Yeah, but he also said that Anthem will continue. I mean, Bioware will continue to keep Anthem running as it exists today. Yeah, so yeah. Like Samir said, no more updates, uh, no more patches. Once the game gets glitchy over X Y Z amount of years, they're just going to shut shut down the servers on it. So you might have Anthem for like what? How, what? What do you? What do you think? Two years? Oh, uh, it could be that, while. If it, if the player base comes up and and still keeps playing the game. They'll keep they'll they'll keep uh, uh supporting they'll keep it. supporting it. yeah because um I think it was like two years ago now at this point PlayStation All Stars had finally shut down their online ah. play 
But yeah, that game was going forever. And it wasn't even that popular of a game. It bombed. I mean, yeah, because they only had like eight characters. It's like, yo, you just can't make this game and just have eight characters. Just like, yeah, that was a bad. Like, if you gonna make a, a, a Smash Bros. Uh, competitor and you don't, you gonna put in eight characters? That's crazy. Like but even yeah. the Ninja Turtles game that was like done by like two of the people from the original Smash Bros. game and had had more characters than that. What console yeah, was that on again? It was on like I think the GameCube and everything. They did re-release that. That would be cool. Yeah, it was. Think about game. it. They, they re-release it now with the current um, canon of um, Ninja Turtles. Yo, that would be baller. I think it was, uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Smash Up. That was on the Wii. It was on the Wii and the PS2 because I had it on the Wii. But yeah, they had April O'Neil, Casey Jones, all four turtles, the Foot Ninjas, Fujitoy, Karai, uh, Night Watcher, who was basically uh, Ralph's uh, second skin for Ralph. Uh, yeah, so this is based on the movie. Yeah, this was this came out around the time the game came. I mean, the movie came out around the time TMNT came out. Oh, two years after, because uh, TMNT came out in 2007, so this came out in 2009. But yeah, it was released to celebrate uh, the Ninja Turtles' 25th anniversary. Right. But yeah, it was a good game. Okay, so I know he's not your favorite writer at the moment because he's still got one book left in them that he said should have been done because didn't he say like you guys can sue him if it wasn't done by XYZ amount of years are we talking about George R. R. Martin yes um, he has so, like three books left three sir oh okay okay alright well uh, they're making a movie based off his book The Lost Lands and I'm not excited about this I kind of was but then I saw who else was being cast so uh-huh. Dave Bautista is in it you know everybody's favorite invisible six foot tall green man and Mila Jovovich oh she's been in good movies yeah but I think um, Paul W.S. Anderson is uh, also directing this yeah That's, he is oh. yep so yeah. Okay. I'm I'll out. get two points. Two points. I'm One, I'm out as well. But I got to give a shout out to Paul Dubbiz and the state of New York. They seem like they're really in love and they love working together. I think we should all be as lucky as them to be able to. Bro, you say this every time we bring them up. It's just so sweet how much they work together. It's just, Although it's they just make adorable. garbage. Look, look, look. Their love almost makes up for it. Almost. Does it also Jason Chatwin? Why is he even? I was surprised people even want to touch him on the Tim pole. I'm sure he's a nice Justin guy. Chatwin? What'd I say? Jason. Oh, yeah, Justin. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like I'm sure he's a nice guy and a good actor, but yo, he was in uh, Jack and Paul. We don't, we don't talk about that. Yeah, well, I'm oh, yeah, and the invisible. Like, yo, there was nothing wrong with the invisible. Uh, I'm like, the girl died in the hospital. Like, yo, why didn't someone get this girl some help? <laughs> like, spoiler alert. It's like the whole movie was he was Samir, how you gonna say spoiler alert after you just basically gave the spoiler? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the whole plot of the movie because I said spoiler alert. Basically, the main character was like in a state between life and death, and he only slightly interact with the world around him, and he made contact with the person that assaulted him and formed a bond with her. And basically the whole Long story short, she ends up trying to help the guy get shot in the process. And when she gets to the hospital where his body's being held, she curls up on his on, in his bed and dies. I'm like, why didn't someone help this girl? She's in a hospital bleeding out. What the deuce? Well, this is what happens when you try to adapt a Swedish book. And it just 
doesn't translate well. It was whack. I mean, you didn't know that The Invisible was based off of a Swedish novel. I'm sorry, it's based off of a Swedish film. It's a remake, so it's kind of got the girl with the dragon tattoo vibes. And shout out to David S. Goyer, you know, the guy who wrote Blade and basically was one of the butchers of Justice League. He directed Mm. this. Mm. It's getting worse. Yeah. And it was the last movie distributed by Hollywood Hollywood Pictures. I wonder why Disney shut down Hollywood Pictures. (laughs) They weren't producing nothing. Hold on, let me go. I'm, I'm, so, before the Invisible, there was Prime Evil, Stay Alive. Oh, they did Resident Evil. Never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna just stop right there. <laughs> well, Resident Evil was a profitable, um, a profitable property. People went to go see those movies, even they but sucked. Yeah, but yeah, you were right. They really weren't doing that much. Like, I mean, they had a good run in the '90s, but the 2000s, they only did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven movies. Two in 2000, one in 2001, one in 2002, one in 2006, and two in 2007. They did the first Resident Evil. Like they, yeah, they I said Resident that. Evil. I didn't say, you know, Resident Evil, whatever the third one was. But yeah, man, I like Justin Chatwin. He was on, he was on Shameless for a long time. And like he was on the Netflix series Another Life, which actually just got renewed in October of 2019. So let me shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so yeah, leave Justin Chatwin alone. But yeah, so um let me let me finish this because I don't even know how we got on Justin Chatwin. Is he in the movie? Um Is he in the movie? Yeah, he in the movie. He, he's up there with the movie, yeah. Oh, well anyway, um so this is how Deadline describes the premise of the movie. So the movie will follow a queen desperate to attain the gift of shape shifting. Who makes a daring play? She hires a sorceress, uh, Gray Alice, who is played by Mila Jovovich. Um, she's a woman who is feared as she is pop as powerful, and sent to the ghostly wilderness of the Lost Lands. Alice and her guide, Drifter, the Drifter Boyce, who is played by Batista, must outwit and outfight man and demon in the fable that explores the good, the nature of good and evil, debt and fulfillment, love and loss. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I rock with Batista. I've almost seen almost single every single movie he's done, but I don't know. I don't know about this one. Like I said, it could be good. Mm, could be. But we'll find out eventually. All right, what do you got? Oh, it's my turn again already? Yes, sir. I brought up that George R. R. Martin movie. Oh, my back. Your neck? No. Okay, so one of my favorite comic book series uh, is finally getting the ball rolling on a Netflix series called uh, yeah Jupiter Legacy. So I'm pretty oh, excited. I never read Jupiter's Legacy. That's like probably one of the one things by Mark Miller that I never read. I mean, it's an interesting topic. It's it's more. I mean, I will say it's it's weird because you know people are going to unfortunately draw a lot of comparisons to this to the boys. But it does its own thing differently, you know. Even though they both have a bunch of jaded, uh, selfish asshole superheroes, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the few times um, that you you see Frank Quietly's art actually land well. I mean, he draws everyone like they have cancer. Yeah, but it, it works so well here. Like the 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 the, um, the colorist and the line work. I don't know. I, I love the art in this one. 
All right, continue. Because I don't know anything about the show besides Josh Dumel is, uh, Dumel. Josh Dumel is in it. All right, well, hang on. Let me use because I actually don't know the showrunner either. But, Bro, um, why would you bring up something that you don't even know? I'm just about? excited about it. That's why. I mean, I didn't need it. Look, I just said, oh, look, this is getting the thing. I should talk about it on the podcast. I didn't put any thought of it. I was on Twitter one day. I was like, oh, snap, this is getting the thing. Yo, I should totally talk about this. I didn't look that far into it. I'm like, yo, we should just be happy that it's getting a Netflix uh, uh, project. All right. I'm just wow. saying, if you're going to bring up something on the podcast, you should at least have your notes ready. You know, I do. Whoops. This one was kind of a, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one thing. They put this in. All right. Ah, sheesh. Really? It's coming out May 7th. It stars Josh Dumel, Ben Daniels, Leslie Bibb, uh, Elena Comporis, Andrew Horton, yeah, Mike and Wade, and most Matt Most of those Lam- people are, are kind of unknowns. Like, do we even know those people? Uh, Josh Dumel, yes. Ben Daniels, I would have to look at his filmography. Oh, apparently he was in, he was on House of Cards. He was in The Exorcist, Law and Order UK. Uh, he was also in the third season of The Crown. Leslie Bibb is from Iron Man, Iron Man 2. She was the reporter. Who we oh, slept with. okay. Right, uh, yeah, she's hot. Yeah, well, okay, wow, just... Late, just whatever. She was also right, anyways, you, show okay. Popular. Enough of the cast. Like I said, the cast isn't that famous, anyways. It, they, I'm just, I'm sure they'll do a good job. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jupiter's uh, legacy structure spans about about a hundred years or so, and it's split between two storylines. One taking place in the period um, after the 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 Wall Street uh, crash, and the second during the modern day. So you have these two dichotomies with the with the setting. So that's pretty cool. Well, I don't think the show is gonna talk about it like that because i'm looking at a synopsis so it just says jupiter's legacies follows the stories of the world's first superheroes who received their powers in 1930 oh never mind in the present day they're uh they're you, yeah. the revered elder guard but being but their superpower children struggle to live up to their legendary feats yeah and you have all this you have all this uh uh, uh capitalism and and frivolity and and and, and debauchery and it's, it's gonna you're gonna draw a lot of comparisons to this to the boys so like I said, I'm excited. Hopefully, they can land it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm check it out. But it's eight episodes. It will be dropping May seventh, and they are going with the weekly format with this one. Uh, I'm just playing. You know, Netflix don't do that. Good. But they were talking about doing that for the longest. I will go postal. All right, FBI, you listening? Yeah, stop me if this ever happens, because, yo, I'm going to go postal. It's like, dude, if, if Netflix starts doing that thing again, well, I got to wait a whole week to watch my show. What's the point of having streaming? All right? I'm sorry. You might as well be a cable. You might as well be cable programming at that point. Like, I'm, what a cool talk sucks. Okay, I don't want to talk to my coworkers the next day about the episode. No, I want to binge it out and then, and be totally uh, uh, antisocial and not talk about it with anybody. All right? We're saying for a few people. I'm trying to talk about, oh, did you see catch that last year? Yeah, nice episode. I don't want to see that. No. Bitch, hold up episode one night and move on with your life. Do play around here. series. You know what I meant. You know what I said. You meant what I knew. Okay. All right. So I want to give a, a short and sweet review of the pilot episode of Superman and Lois since I forgot to do it for Young Rock in season two of Batwoman. So let's go ahead and get this out the way. So we all good series so far. You know, I mean, we got an hour and a half first episode. 
I hope they keep shooting it in the format they're shooting it in. It's still in widescreen, but it's like theatrical widescreen. So you still got the you got the black bars, which you really don't see on TVs now, uh, TV shows nowadays. And, you know, they they did it like every traditional Superman show. You know, you get your recap of the origin story, you know, baby lands in the ship in the cornfield in Kansas. Parents find whatever, blah, blah, blah. Jonathan Kent dies like always uh, goes off to the planet meets Lois, you know, become Superman. Oh, one of the things they did, they put, they gave him like the golden age suit. So like his first appearance, he's in that golden age suit. That's like that, like, like it's a faded, faded blue with like the, uh, the S and like an old school shield, with like the black background, with like the little bit, little tint yeah, of Kingdom come. Yeah, Kingdom Come. No, not Kingdom Come. Like golden age, golden age, like oh, the old serial oh, com, uh, cartoons. Yes. And, um, you know, tells Lois that he's Superman. And if you all, you know, know from Supergirl, Lois was pregnant. And at the end of Crisis, they had two kids. So he has two children. Uh, Jonathan is the jock of the family. You know, they think that he might have powers just based off of his athletic. Why don't talent. they both have powers? Can I finish? Yes. In, in in Jordan. Jordan is, you know, Jordan is the everyday teen, the modern teen who suffers from anxiety and um, things of that nature. And this is this is one little thing that that kind of made me mad. Like, I know this is set in the Arrowverse, but like, why are we recasting some people who have already been around? So like right. Morgan Edge, who was played on Supergirl by Adrian Pastor, a.k.a. Nathan Petrelli from Heroes has been recast. They haven't shown him yet, but I already looked at the cast listing. He buys the Daily Planet. He's been firing people left and right. He fires Clark. Find us out in the first episode. And Lois's father knows that Clark is Superman because obviously that's not something you can keep a secret from your father-in-law, especially if he's a general. So I like, mean, I would beg to differ. He doesn't know in the comic. He's dead in the comics. Well, I mean, pre-Flashpoint, he didn't know in the comics. Yeah, I know, but that's really something that you really shouldn't have kept like in, in the bubble for the long I mean, but he was kind of anti He was an a-hole, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he, he, he kind of gives off that vibe in, in the first episode. Well, they show like a... Well, not in the first episode, but like they show like what's coming in the series. And, you know, they actually have a conversation after he stops a nuclear reactor from, you know, blowing up. He's like, you know, I like to you know, take the kids fishing or whatever. He's like, I'll talk to Lois about it. So Clark flies home. He misses therapy with Jordan. Um, Jonathan actually just finds out that he is joining the varsity team of high school as a freshman, as a quarterback, which is something that hasn't been seen in, you know, forever in a day. And, you know, he is, it's just trying to find that work-life balance, which, you know, I can get that, would be kind of hard, especially if your kids don't know that you're Superman. Why did you but, keep keeping it from him? I don't get it. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to get into that right now. So, so he, he's talking to Martha about all of it. You know, his mom say Martha <laughs> and, um, you know, she's telling him like, you know, maybe, you know, you need to, you know, slow down and, you know, spend more time with the kids and so on and so forth. And Lois is telling them the same thing. Well, Clark is out, uh, you know, doing Superman duties, but still missing stuff at home. And he gets a call 
like two days later from a doctor in Smallville who says his mom has a stroke. So he suits up, flies home. He doesn't make it in time. So Martha dies in the first episode. Oof. Yeah. So he goes back home, you know, goes to the funeral and everything. Lana's there with her husband and her daughter, her two daughters, actually. And it's funny because his his uh, Lana's youngest daughter, she's like, hey, mommy. I mean, uh, hey, dad, look, it's that guy. Mommy's always looking at on Facebook. <laughs> Why, though? Why? Kids suck. Why would you do that? <laughs> I, I, I'm probably going to watch the show and that made me cringe so hard. No, dude. No, you got to watch it. It's good. I, I, I guarantee you it's worth did it. They, they, what, did, they, did they mention Kara? No. I mean, so, but like I said, it's only the anymore. first episode. It's only the first episode. I guess. All right. And so and you got to keep in mind, even on Supergirl, they never showed her at the farm or any of that stuff besides in the crossovers. Which which. um, I don't know what's going on with it, because they're not using the, the Smallville farm like they use in the crossovers. It's a completely different farm and uh, set and everything. So one of the things that Clark has always told the boys do not go in the barn. Whenever we come to Smallville, don't go in the barn. So. They barely have a signal on their phone, so they're like, "Where's the Wi-Fi router?" Oh, it's out in the barn. Jordan, well, there's a there. Wi-Fi router in the barn. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, they actually said that. Like, why would why would Grandma put this out here? So, um, Jordan is busy trying to impress Lana's oldest daughter. So he's like, "Oh yeah, I can get up there and get it." So, clowns on the ladder, and they got these uh rolling pins. I don't know what they are, but they're giant um cylinders. Oh, no, okay. cylinders. Yeah, so. He actually actually steps on it. The cylinders break after he resets the router. So he falls like at least 15 feet. And Jordan, I mean, Jonathan goes to cover Jordan before, you know, he gets crushed. And Lana's daughter, Sarah, comes running out, tells, tells you know, everybody, you know, what's happening or whatever. Clark runs in, say, uh, pulls all the things off of them. No, there's a whole big discussion about should we tell them? Should we not? Should we tell them? Should we not? No, they're not ready. So on and so forth. And so. Eventually, he tells them they obviously blow up. Jordan blows up the worst because he eventually says, you know. I might be having all these mental issues because of whatever he's, you know, I'm half human and whatever the hell he is. He literally says that. And so after that, they become distant. They go to a party with with Lana's oldest daughter, Sarah. You find out that Sarah actually tried to kill herself because she was bullied. And Jordan kisses her, not knowing that she has a boyfriend. And keep in mind, while all this is happening, Clark is uh, fighting some armored dude. You don't find out who it is. I thought it was going to be Metallo or something, but it's not. And Jonathan comes helps Jordan because... Sarah's boyfriend shows up, punches Jonathan, and it just becomes a whole thing. And boom, Jordan activates his heat vision. Oops. Yeah, at a bonfire near an old abandoned mine. Oops. Yeah, Clark gets stabbed with some kryptonites on the verge of falling to Earth. Uh, Lana hits a signal watch or whatever, tells him to come home. He snaps out of it, pulls the kryptonite out, goes, you know, finds out that, you know, Jordan has powers. And that Jordan actually saved Jonathan. So when the beams were falling, he flipped his brother over. So his brother wouldn't get crushed. And eventually you find out that the the man in the armor is a Luther. I don't know if it's Lex or what. And that's the other thing. We got a new Luther. Yeah, yeah, we got no no John Cryer. We got no John Cryer. But this guy did say, like, you know, he came from somewhere that was destroyed 
as well as Krypton. So I don't know if this is a Luther from the future or what. But so far, I am intrigued with this show. Like I said, check it out. You can watch it on the CW app. It's a very good show so far. I mean, I guess, but all right, I'll give it a shot. Even if I think the Berlanti verse is dead in the water. No, this actually revives the Berlanti verse, dude. Like, I'm this, this is it. This is it. Like Michael Jackson said, this is it. <laughs> all right, what do you got? All right, that just, that but yeah, he, yeah, yeah, just Captain Luther. Captain yeah, and he's a mysterious visitor hell bent on proving that the world no longer needs Superman. Uh, why do people keep doing that? The notion that that's a thing. I mean, okay, fine. Y'all can have, go ahead and handle the next um, um, asteroid that's going to hit the Earth. Oh, but yeah, they, they end up moving back to Smallville just to simplify their lives. So Lois and is still on their kids. Uh, more or less, like they, they said that, you know, they told him about it. Like, yo, we're going to have a discussion about this. But yeah, it, it's a very good show. I'm, I'm sure it is, honestly. And Lana's uh, husband is obviously a dick. <laughs> and Lana works at the uh, Smallville City. Didn't she marry Pete in the comics for a little bit? She did marry Pete. They have a kid together. Yeah, and then they kind of, and, and their son, right? And they kind of um, got divorced because we know who she really was in love with. Well, I no, because Pete. Pete, no, Pete was Lex's vice president. So that caused a rift in their marriage in the comics. Mm, also, it's because she actually was still in love with Clark. Yeah. Also, their son's name is Clark. So it's like it was to a point where Pete didn't want to say the buddy's name anymore. Like she called. No, him no, Sport it wasn't even Tiger. that because that's what it was. I remember. The, I remember the issue. I'm like, damn, that's effed up. Bro got cut. Well, they they kind of retconned all that because I remember when. Uh, oh they, yeah, this is all pre Flashpoint. No, I'm talking about uh, pre Flashpoint because they even mentioned it when he was trying to figure out who Ruin was, and they thought it was Pete for the longest, and it turned out it was Emil Hamilton. Hmm. He was just like, yeah, it was just some insecurities he had, but you know, he's like, you know, you're my best friend. I would never, you know. There's still you some like insecurity. That. I mean, I'm they still there. Lana is definitely still in love with Clark. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, a, it's not Clark's fault. Just yeah. saying. But yeah. So check out Superman and Lois. It comes on Tuesdays on the CW. I think it's gonna come on at nine. So the Flash will be a lead in since the Flash comes back this week. All right, but what do you got? All right, so Netflix released a teaser trailer of uh, Shadow and Bone. I'm excited. I don't know much about, about the property, but it's based on um, author uh, Lee, if I'm pronouncing the name right, uh, Lee Bardugo. It's a best selling um, series of the Grishamverse. Grishamverse, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm totally going to this blind because uh, I don't have any uh, pre-existing knowledge about the um, property. But I'm super excited based on what I've seen so far. And um, seeing as you hate it when I don't give you uh, um, specifics, I'm going to go ahead and um, read off some of the showrunners. Uh, Eric Hessier and cast members Jesse Lee, Jesse Maylee and Ben Barnes. Whoa, when have you seen Ben Barnes recently? But like, where has oh, this guy yeah. been? Ben Barnes Okay, he was back, like, we're winding the clock back, like, to 2012 or 11. And they dropped uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. He played Prince Caspian. Oh, okay, that dude. Yeah, he was also in um, the, the uh, Portrait of Dorian Gray. 
he's been a bunch of other stuff, but he's kind of just been in the cut. He has, this is his first big release in a while from, from oh, my God. He was the seventh son. Yeah, so he's been around, like I said, but it's not really. Anyways, uh, Archie Renault. Uh, what are you Freddy talking Carter. about? He was, um, I looked at him. I, he was Jigsaw on the Punisher, you idiot. Oh, yeah. How long was Jigsaw on the Punisher, though? He was on Westworld as well. I didn't catch up with Westworld, you know what? Yeah, you're right. He's in Westworld. So, okay, I redact my statement. He's been around. He's still working. I don't, I knew he was around. just didn't think he was that prominent. But apparently he is. Okay. Anyways, uh, really good. So, apparently, it finds us in a war-torn world where a lowly soldier and orphan, orphan, Alina Starkov, played by uh, Jesse May Lee, has just unleashed an extraordinary power that could be the key to setting her country free. And it's basically this, uh, there's this monstrous threat of this shadow looming over everything that they um, they have to kind of figure out. It, it's mm-hmm. just, it seems pretty dope. And uh, she has basically, uh, and she basically has to harness this new ability she gains and, and has to figure it out. So I'm not trying to go too deep into the synopsis, but yeah, I'm excited. And honestly, I might read the book at this point. It looks pretty dope. Okay, cool. I might I might do that as well. Yeah, pretty excited. Also, do you want to get into our rundown of um WandaVision? Yeah, I actually have like uh two little bits of MCU news. Well, it's actually one little bit and then like just some rebuttals. Okay, so we finally have the title for Spider-Man, the Spider-Man 3. Oh, that's right. After, you know, being red herring for like four days straight. So it is titled Spider-Man No Way Home, and this will be coming only to theaters this Christmas. So, yeah, so ain't no Spider-Man phone home, ain't no Spider-Man home wrecker, ain't no Spider-Man. What was the other one? They said home sweet home. There's no place like home or none of that. It's home. Oh, yeah, someone also said Homelander brought to you by Vault Studios. <laughs> but yeah, so no way home. So I need to know what where no way home is leading. Oh, one small thing: Star Wars: The Bad Batch will drop on May the fourth. Yeah, yeah. All right, Loki also gets a June eleventh uh, release date for Disney Plus. Dude, uh, they, dude, this release schedule is so goddamn tight. So we're about to get uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, uh, super soon. And yeah. then what's, what's two weeks start? Two weeks and two weeks are starting. Yeah, so the week after WandaVision. It's crazy, and then we have no rest. Then that's going to end, and then we'll right into Loki. Yo, that's bananas! And once again, we got to wait per week. This is BS. Well, don't forget, we also got Black Widow coming May seventh, Shang Chi July is 9th. That, is that going to theaters or streaming? Theaters. Marvel's movies are going straight to theaters. Ugh. They, they want to make their money for those so I will be listen, masked up with listen. a face shield and everything I'm going to give me a hazmat suit bro it's like I, I don't want to go to theater right now I used to love going to theater I don't want to sit in no goddamn small space where people maybe coughing and breathing well on it's limited uh, seating so they're only operating at like 25-30% capacity bro I don't want no one near me I'll sit in the worst seat possible to see this movie well, I'm not going with you because I think I don't remember what movie it was. We ended up sitting in the front and I ended up with neck pain for like three hours. What movie was that? Was it Get Out? No. Did we see Get Out together? Yeah, we went to go see Get Out together because it just showed up on my memories on Facebook. Oh, your memories. You should have posted that today. 
it was a few days ago, so no. What 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 what, what caption I would put? Stay woke. They gonna find. Oh, you just a good speak. time with my bro Samir. We should and do this more here. often. Or I miss doing this because it's because it's, because uh, of twenty because uh, of COVID. You know, bro. We can hang out. It's just that I don't feel like driving sometimes. I tired. wanted to go on there today, but you was like, oh, I'm not doing anything for my birthday. I don't have anything chill. planned. I mean, all right then. Just don't say I mean, you can, you, can, you can roll with me, the boomers. Uh, I'm going to boomers. Is that, is that the plan? Yeah. Got me out here going to boomers. Freaking. Yeah, I'll right. get, I'll go, I got work tomorrow, so I'll get up there after work. Freaking tomorrow? Cool. Tomorrow's Sunday. Yeah, I went out and working. I took a shift. Oh. All right. So, yeah. So Robert Downey Jr. Um, said that, you know, he hopes that Tom will eventually stop playing Spider-Man. He's not saying right now. He's saying, look, Tom won't be playing Spider-Man when he's 37. There was a Spider-Man before Tom Holland and there will be a Spider-Man after Tom Holland. I agree. Recast. Look, he's but a Spider-Man that's going to be long. Recast. He also, he also said never say never about him coming back as um, um, Iron Man. And Tom rebutted, rebutted that. He said, I'm lucky that I look young and continue playing uh, in that I can continue playing this 17 year old because he said he wants to do at least Tom. I mean, not Tom, 10 Spider-Man films. Listen, Spider-Man's supposed to grow up. They can easily age him up to, to, to college and then graduate him into his 20s. Just I mean, fine. they can do that now. Keep in mind, Tom Holland is 24. Yeah, just age the guy up or, or move his story along the line. They don't need to be in high school that long, you know? Yeah. And James Gunn has confirmed that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will shoot this year. Oh, and a bit of sad news before we get into our review of episode 8 of WandaVision. Daft Punk broke up! We didn't talk about it. No, we didn't. It, they broke up. Dude... It, I don't, I'm not sure how to process that. Like, they were a big part of my formative years. Like, okay, so, I mean, Dad Punk, first off, I mean, I was introducing him because I saw, just like many other weebs, uh, Interstellar 5555. Yeah. And it's like, not only is that a introductory into Dad Punk because that whole, the whole discography album uh, uh, with the backdrop of a... Um, of Discovery. Is that what I say? Discography. My bad. <laughs> Discovery album uh, and told through a, a, a wonderfully drawn anime by Leiji Matsumoto. It's like both of those, that film is, is a gateway into two prolific or three, if you count, you know, three prolific artists, that Punk being two and then Leiji Matsumoto being the other one. I can honestly say I never saw it. I always heard it one more time on the radio. Oh my God. You need to, okay, at this point, now nah, you got to see, you got to see Interstellar 555. I, I am going to watch uh, it. It's four five. Up. Yeah, I know. I had the DVD. You can borrow it some of my house. Okay. Or I think you can probably download it at this point or stream it somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, Disney indicated that they wanted them to come back for Tron 3, which is still in the works. I mean, because the Tron Legacy is soundtrack is fire. It is, but I'm, I, we get more Tron? I'm, I know we yes. talked about this, but is that still, is that still happening? Yes, yes. But yeah, I mean... Daft Punk will always be remembered. All right. So let's get into episode eight of WandaVision, aptly titled Previously On. This was a good episode. I mean, we, we got a whole lot more backstory in the Wanda. And we got the biggest, you know, reveal of all. 
she's always been a witch. Well, yeah. And that the Mind Stone just amplified her powers. It did. Furthermore, um, they also dropped more implications about magic in the, in the Marvel Universe. I mean, beyond um, Doctor Strange. That means that uh, magic has been ingrained in the history for a long time. There's no one's ever known about it. I mean, they kind of hinted, touched on that in Doctor Strange as well. Yeah, but now they not. But they branched it out. It's like when you think magic in the MCU, you think you know monks meditating in Kunlun. Now we're talking about witches in Salem now. So yeah, it's like it's branching it out. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we got some backstory in the Agatha Harkness during the Salem days. She was basically old tried dirt. by like her fellow, old? yeah, by her fellow coven of witches. Or practicing dark magic. I still don't know how I feel about Agatha. I mean, being young. No, not being young. I mean, no about. I mean, being a villain. Yeah, I don't know. I still All right, don't look, know if she's I, a villain because we, it seems like she's trying her, to help, but it is. It, so she is definitely helping. I don't. I don't know what her motives are, but she's definitely whatever she's doing is helping because she's forcing Wanda to face her grief and 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 see her truth. Because yeah. Wanda herself was being, you know, that was being, that, that was bad. That was toxic, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and apparently, you know, we also find out a couple other things that Hayward lied about her stealing Vision's body. She just Super lied. F that guy. Reconstructed her own version of Vision from her powers. Yeah. Which is why Darcy was like, yeah, why can't he leave the, uh, the dome well because he's he's a part of the dome he's not actually yeah he's part of the house yeah but yeah so that that was just like the saddest thing i've watched on tv in a, in a while dude oh boy that, especially that, when she went to the house and she had the property deed what did they say on it so we can grow old together or something like that yeah it was oh boy that got me good oh my god that was rough but yeah and this jerk hayward Freaking took the drone that Wanda dragged out because it was still amplified with hex magic, reconstituted some of that hex magic, and brought Vision back and as his gray form. So yeah, that's gonna be. Um... Also, where the heck is um Monica? We'll find out. We don't know where she went. She probably tried to go back out the hex to try to get some stuff. Well, we'll she ran out. into Pietro. So oh yeah, remember Snoopers gonna snoop, right? Pekatro, as Agatha called them. But yeah, so Agatha concluded that Wanda possesses a legendary form of magic, which is, you know, chaos magic, and deemed her. And they finally used her actual name, the Scarlet Witch, because this is the first time anyone's ever called her that, as far as I know. Yes, this is the first time. That was one of the things that Kevin Feige said when they first announced the show that Wanda will officially be called the Scarlet Witch in this series. But this is the thing I don't get. So when Bendis wrote Avengers Disassembled and they were talking about everything when Doctor Strange showed up, Strange said that chaos magic is not a real thing. So I guess it's a real thing in the MCU now. I mean, Strange doesn't know everything. He can be wrong. Sorcerer Supreme, dude. Yeah, he can be wrong. He's not infallible. Look at the the, old, the ancient one. She made mistakes. True. But we're not talking about MCU. We're talking about comics. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, once again, he's also been wrong there a lot of times too. So. Yeah. 
But yeah, so we got one more episode. This was the penultimate episode. So, man, this needs to be like a two-hour episode. Yeah, it needs to be long. I can't deal with a, a 30-minute long uh, finale. Yeah, like some of the episodes, are, but the way they pace it, it doesn't feel like a half hour, though. Mm, I make different. I, I'm, I'm, I just want... And like a few episodes have been longer than the others. Not by a lot, but you know, they've been slightly longer, like 47 minutes, 41 minutes, 37 minutes. Someone actually posted a meme of a hamburger that said WandaVision. Um, what was it? Uh, 60% episode, 40% credits. Which I think is a bit of a reach, but yeah, it was a good episode. I wonder if Vision is going to fight Vision. I wonder if Darcy and Monica are going to reunite in the hex, or is Darcy still waiting for stuff to cross? I wonder if we're going to get we're going to get a uh, Spectrum, or we're going to get Captain Marvel. We get can't call Captain Marvel, get Captain Marvel. So yeah, you mean Photon we'll Spectrum or Photon? Photon. Photon. What did I say? Photon. Yeah. You said Photon, Photon. or Spectrum? Yeah. So what what, what, is, what are they going to call her basically? I think they're going to go with Spectrum because she's she's going by Spectrum in the comics now. Yeah, I think this is her this is her her most true self is Spectrum. She's not tacked on to anybody. She's not you know uh, this is her 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 strongest since she came out as, as Spectrum. So yeah, I'm, I'm I think they should call it Spectrum. Also, are we going to get a suit this season? I mean, we only got one episode, so we will find out very very soon. But yeah, I mean, I don't think we have any more news. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the um, Avatar: The Last Airbender movie finally being in development. And oh yeah, that's that's a thing. Whole, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess we can save that for next week. Yeah, we can. All right, so guys, we are going to wrap it up. So this is Bernard, and this is Samir, and that was another exciting episode of the Angry Blurs podcast. Join us next time, same Blur channel, same Blur network. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. I said I was going to get drunk, but I almost did. But I decided against it because I didn't want to pass out after this and end up not editing the episode. So, but yeah. So when you guys hear this, it will be my birthday. So I think we're going to end it with some happy birthday music. Not no Stevie Wonder, though, because I ain't getting sued. But you will hear it. All right. So we will see you guys next week. All right. Be easy. Live long and prosper and all that good stuff. Yeah. Peace. Peace.